To the Transfer Experience Podcast, a podcast in which we go over our transfer experience. My name is Chanyo. I also go by Paul. I'm Max. I'm Brielle. And this is episode nine, in which we'll be going over how to find community and also for on resources, how to go about finding resources for transfer students. And for this episode, we have two special guests from the SFSU Transfer Mentor Program. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Yeah. Hi, I'm Tatiana. I transferred to SF State from Santa Rosa Junior College, and I'm currently studying art history. Hi, guys. I am Alexis. I transferred to San Francisco State in the fall of 2019 from Citrus College in Glendora as a psychology major. Yeah, and, you know, we have them on this episode because throughout the episodes, we've talked about the Berkeley transfer experience pretty often enough. And so this time we wanted to get other transfer experiences as well and hear what their stories and, you know, sort of struggles and challenges were. Um, I also just want to note that, you know, Whatever they're talking about, when they're speaking, they're speaking as individual students and not on behalf of the program itself. Just wanted to make that clear before we get into it. Another reminder, we are not admissions counselors. Uh, For those of us who have graduated, we do not represent the UC Berkeley Transfer Student Center. And everything that we say only comes from personal experience. Yeah, bro, don't sue us. (laughs) (laughs) But do rate us five stars. But do rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that, that reminds me, yeah. Um, before we get into the fun question of the day, another reminder, we are trying to hit 50 ratings on Apple Podcasts. Um, you know, we've been talking about this in previous episodes, so please help us hit that goal. Um, we're also still continuing with the screen to shout out. So, you know, if you're listening to us on your phone, feel free to take a screenshot, post on Instagram and tag us and we'll give you a personal shout out. Um, also, um, we're still taking in questions, so you know, when when anytime you have any questions for us, just feel free to email us or DM us. And I think that was everything. Oh, um, some of you may remember Saren. She's the one who produced the music for us, our intro music, along with Luke. Um, Saren has a new song out on Spotify. You might want to take a listen. I really liked it. Max also really liked it. Um, and yeah, so that's that's it. So I think we're ready to go on with the question. All right, so let's start with the San Francisco State mentors. We want to know what's something not too many people know about you. I think something that not too many people know about me is that I am uh, currently writing a novel. Uh, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> me, me, and that's my. That's so much better than my thing. <laughs> right from the top. For real, that's so much better Cute. than mine. How am I going to compete with that? Yeah, I. Well, I. Th- I'm not saying it's anywhere near done, or, or and who knows if it's any good. But me and my partner are currently working together on a historical fiction novel. So. That's hella cool. Yeah. What? What? What stage is it set in? What period? Uh, the 1960s. It starts in like from 67 to like halfway through 69. That's so fucking cool. It's really cool. <laughs> it's really that. fun. I wasn't originally uh, working on it. It was just my partner. And it was also before we were even dating or anything. And they were uh, asking me for help with plot stuff. And I gave them an idea. And they're like, okay, you're a co-writer now. And I was like, oh, oh. all right. <laughs> Cool. I consider yeah. that a great love story. <laughs> wow. Alexis? Um, that's a really hard one to talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say something not many people know about me is that I have a pet bird. Um, my pet bird's name is Lucky. Um, I had no intentions of buying the bird. Uh, matter of fact, he just flew into my yard one day. <laughs> and um, we are a bird-friendly family, so we took him in. And uh, now I have a bird. I think that bird adopted you. You didn't adopt me. <laughs> L- Lucky decided he was going to live with you. And that's yeah. this is my house now. <laughs> Rent-free. <laughs> <laughs> 
after last week's video chat, L- Lucky lives rent free in my head. True. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, I-, I guess I could go next. Um, for me, one thing that not too many people know, I think some of my close friends know, but so I'm an avid user of Goodreads. It's a website where you could track the books you're reading and you could leave reviews. And I leave a lot of reviews. I am an avid uh, reviewer. Like all the books I go through, I rate this. There's like a five-star rating system. And like you can also write up to your heart's content on whatever you want about that book. And like I write up a storm. I love that website. I love like leaving reviews, even though no one reads them. Maybe like one, two. I read them. (laughs) I read your reviews. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I, it's like Goodreads. I only have like 30 or so friends. So it's like it's not that many people that I could really see the reviews. But it's like for me, a therapeutic way to sum up everything that I've read and like to close off a book in my life. So it's yeah. funny because like I started seeing your... I also have Chen Young on Goodreads. And I get an email notification whenever he leaves a review somehow. Um, Wait, really? And it's like, yeah, I think it's just like automatically set up where like oh, when you add so someone, funny. you get updates from when they update stuff. Uh-huh. But you know how like on when I first saw it, like Chen Young's um, reviews are like pretty well detailed. They're like personal stuff, right? He's not going to like shit on the author or whatever. It's just like his interpretation of what he's read. But dude, it just reminds me of like, do you know on Yelp? when people leave like scathing reviews just like awful like attacking the person and like I, whenever i see those i'm like damn this is this like this is this person's full-time job like the yelp reviewer and yeah whenever i see chen young on goodreads it just reminds me of those kind of people i'm not i don't leave that yeah, bad he doesn't, review. He doesn't. but yeah. just like you know the type of it, it's like a similar system it's like leave a rating for this book like a restaurant for yelp but yeah, um, I can answer next. So something not too many people know about me. Well, one thing is I was in band between fourth grade and senior year. And within those years, I changed instruments a few times. I think by senior year, I knew how to play one, two, three, four, maybe four instruments. Um, but something that's dumb is I actually never properly learned how to read music. Um I just kind of memorized where a note was on the sheet music and where my finger should be or where my hand should be according to my instrument. So yeah, I'm trying to learn piano and it should be very simple because I've done band since fourth grade. However, because I never learned how to properly read music, it is um, proving quite difficult. So my weird thing that not a lot of people know about me is super embarrassing. And I'm totally going to out myself on this episode of the podcast. But I sucked my thumb until I was like six years old. And because of it, it stunted the growth of one of my thumbs. So one of my thumbs is like nearly a centimeter shorter than the other because it was what my mom called my sucky thumb. So for those of us on this video chat right now, because you can't see it when listening to the podcast, I'm still going to show y'all because I trust you. But oh, thank this you. is the thumb that I used for sucking my thumb as a kid. Uh-huh. Here's my reg- uh, my regular thumb. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and when you put them next to each other, the bone is like a whole... What? Whoa! Do y'all you- see that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's look, pretty... <laughs> my elbows are matched, right? And let me yeah. yeah. My elbows are matched. My wrists are matched. But my thumbs are not. Oh, my. Whoa. <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> show and tell that is wild y'all don't get to see that that, when you get to hear this episode that is absolutely wild oh my goodness (laughs) i don't know how that happened maybe you were really in there when you were six years old bro. (laughs) (laughs) and in doing so i also slanted my teeth and i needed to get an expander and braces and all that because i totally fucked up my teeth in my pivotal growth years i stunted my growth in two ways so (laughs) they should practice on me in child development classes honestly like do research on my case do something because this is weird you're yeah. a funny <laughs> i thought it was like i thought it was just like like a casual like not that intense but it must no, have been literally. to some extent yeah, a little intense that's crazy <laughs> it's very funny wow wait so it. when you read our question of the day brielle was this story the first story that popped into your mind <laughs> 
That's so great. That's so great. And you know when we were all like kids and you used to make like stupid photo booth videos with your friends and like post them on YouTube or like do weird stuff like that? One time I gave a thumbs up and my childhood best friend goes, is that your little thumb? (laughs) (laughs) I got completely blasted. So now I do it myself. So with that, are y'all ready to hop into the first real question of today's episode? Yeah. All right. Let me, let me ask to our special guest today, we want to know what resources were available for transfer students at San Francisco State. Uh, so, I mean, um, a pretty obvious resource that I know of like now is literally my job being a, a transfer peer mentor. Our, our job's literally just to um, counsel and mentor um transfer students in their first semester so that they can um, be well prepared for like the uh, college life moving forward. But personally, when I transferred, I was a spring transfer, not a fall transfer. And uh, there were very few resources that like I could find specifically for transfer students. Um There were some like workshops and I remember people tabling in the quad for like the first week of school, honestly, longer than that, probably the first like two or three weeks of school, people tabling, being like, join our club, join our fraternity, join our sorority, study abroad, all those things. And so like, I kind of looked into that, but for the most part in in my first semester, I was very much like, I don't know what I'm doing and there's no one here to tell me. (laughs) So it was a little, a little spooky, especially at first. I, on the other hand, I am a fall transfer. Um, You know, all the resources were presented to us, uh, our orientation. um, But personally, as soon as I walked on campus for fall 2019, um, it was a struggle to find resources for me. I didn't know about any transfer resources. as far as my knowledge went, I didn't even know about the job that I currently have now as a transfer mentor. Um, one of my biggest things um, my first semester was the lack of resource um, of not having that transfer support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually want to ask a follow up question since you both mentioned it. Um, how did you find yourself in your current position? I believe I got like an email from Handshake, uh, which is the website that we all use to find jobs and internships. I had made an account on Handshake to look specifically for like internships uh, within like museums or galleries since I'm an art history major and I want to get my foot in the door with that field. But um, I got an email being like, hey, you want to be a transfer peer mentor? They're hiring. And I was like, yeah, because I think specifically because... I had such trouble actually finding resources and helping myself adjust to like college life and and living on campus and everything. So as soon as I got that email, I I immediately applied for it because I was like, I want to be the person that that I could have come to being like, hey, how do I do this thing? How do I register for classes? What's advising like? What is all this? What is all that? What do I do? And it's just, I was like, oh, if I can help someone not feel that like, I don't know what I'm doing kind of feeling, then I definitely want to do that. Yeah, same Um, handshake. But also um, one of my counselors, a part of the California Promise program at State had sent out a mass email saying that there was a position available to be a transfer peer mentor. And um, that was sent like during the winter um, before... Um, I had applied and whatnot. And um, same with Tatiana, you know, the lack of resource is what made me jump to the to the occasion. It made me want to be that resource for someone that I didn't have myself. So it seems like, yeah, you guys are both involved. I, like we mentioned earlier, like you guys are SFSU peer mentors. Can you guys maybe tell us maybe a little more detail, like what it looks like? Um how do you assist transfers in their first semester? That way, you know, if there is a listener interested in going to SF State, like they know like this resource is available to them. So yeah, give us like a detailed look as to what it looks like. 
I mean, I, I feel like it's a little different now because I applied and, and it, I, when I applied, COVID had already hit. And so everything was already virtual, uh, all Zoom meetings and stuff. So it's a lot of it's a lot of Zoom meetings. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we uh, after like the whole interview process and the hiring on process, which is a whole thing. Um, I just kind of uh, we all got like our lists of mentees that we uh, I email them pretty frequently with resources that I just like find or hear about through my job or through other people. And uh, we also help out with uh, class on campus. We do some lesson planning and some like leading of uh, History 451, which is Bay Area history. But um, a lot of the like Bay Area history stuff they do kind of on their own time with like readings and online quizzes in iLearn and everything. But during the actual Zoom meeting class time, that's kind of our time to just educate the students about resources on campus because that class is also specifically for first year or first semester transfer students. Yeah. Well, that sounds very similar to how a couple of us in this video chat got involved, too. Um, <laughs> that's how we kind of found out about the Transfer Center on campus through a course geared towards uh, first semester transfer students. And it was all about a lot of the same thing. So there were units about navigating the Bay Area, but also just being a new transfer student and dealing with those struggles. So it's very nice to hear that you all have a program very similar to what we had, too. So what do you think is like a resource that has helped you guys like individually out a lot? Yeah, I guess in the context of like, especially when you guys first started out, right? If when there was a resource more. that helped you out. Yeah, if there weren't, that's fine too. But if there were, we'd love to know. I'm trying to think of like a specific resource because my, I actually transferred in uh, spring 2020 so it was like i got Tough. up to yeah. like march and then covid so i was it was a very odd first semester for me personally but i think something that uh helped me that wasn't necessarily like a resource just like meeting people on campus and and talking to them and being like hey what do you what do i do for like this specific thing a lot of like one of my roommates was um really helpful in in helping me like figure out where things were different offices different programs and stuff like that so definitely just the people that I ended up interacting with mm -hmm. um I would say for me I definitely use the mental health resources on campus um that was cool luckily I have insurance so I was able to be seen off campus um but the help that I got on campus was worthwhile um Another resource was uh, advising at COSI, which is the College of Science and Engineering. Um, I'm a psych major, part of the College of Science and Engineering. So um, go there anytime I need advising, anytime I need um, quick answers um, in regards to my degree and my degree progress. Cool. I think my experience was also like super similar to Tatiana's where like in my first semester, I didn't know, I didn't know jack shit about like the actual resources through departments on campus um my main resource and i was very fortunate was like i moved in with like a very close friend and his roommate from his first two years at berkeley um so my resource was just directly from other students and it's simply like you know where's a good place to study where is this building what does this student mean when they say blank um there's something um berkeley has a thing we operate on berkeley time um, which just means like classes start or anything starts 10 minutes after when people say it does. So like, if you look at like how classes are designated, like, let's say you have a class that runs 10 to 11, you can register for another class that says 11 to 12. And just the entire campus knows that everything operates on Berkeley time. So that class doesn't actually start till 12, 10 or whatever, 11, 10. So like, you don't even have to stress, but like, I didn't know that was a thing. So I was like, how am I supposed to run from the bottom of campus to the top of campus, which is like half a mile going uphill in less than a minute. And, you know, I was stressed about that. And then my roommate is like, oh no, like that literally doesn't matter. Everything runs on Berkeley time. Like even our meetings within our staff, I think we're supposed to be on Berkeley time. So like, that is just like, you know, there are certain things like that you only hear from other students. Um, not something an email can tell you. Yeah.
No, yeah, I still run into that all the time. Like, I still operate on Berkeley time, and it's been <laughs> how many months since I've graduated, yeah. and I work at another institution now, and I'm like, oh, no, I have a meeting in 30 seconds, and mine just ended when I'm so used to, like, oh, I have 10 minutes, I can go to the bathroom, I can eat a snack, I can maybe go grab something from a store nearby. Nope. I had no idea. Now, I... I feel like I'm like thrown back into the real world because Berkeley time is such a niche concept and such a unique thing to Berkeley that every school probably has something super specific, like a tradition or something like that that's just like only exists on your campus. And that was just one of those things at Berkeley where it's just like, oh, now that I'm not here anymore, I literally don't know how time works. Not that time is real in the first place, but you know, oh. in the context that it is. <laughs> yeah. And it, I think Berkeley, it's 10 minutes late. <laughs> right. And so I, I think that speaks to the sort of the culture that you have to get adjusted to when you transfer. Um, Lex talked about something earlier that I wanted to ask a little bit more about. So she said that, you know, she would go see a counselor when she had academic concerns slash degree concerns, right? Or like questions. And, and that was really helpful. So mm-hmm. Lex, was it for you in terms of getting adjusted when you first started out, was it more of academic stress that played a role and social stress wasn't that much of a factor or were they equal or, yeah, I think that's what I'm curious about. I, at least for me, academics wasn't that mm-hmm. big of a concern, but man, social life, like I struggled a ton in the beginning. I was, I was lost. So, mm-hmm. you know, it might be different for everyone, but I was curious about what your case was and also with Tatiana as well. Yes, thank you for asking. That's such a beautiful and complex question that I think really encaptures the whole transfer experience. Um, personally, I I moved to San Francisco um, the summer before school started, so it was very little. It was very lonely. I didn't live on campus. I lived in the Sunset mm-hmm. District, so um, getting uh, getting adjusted to life. Um, outside of my family, because I'm so family orientated, that was something that I had to get adjusted to. And um, I think that's another aspect that isn't really talked about in terms of like the transfer experience, because it's all like academic. But like, there's this whole transfer experience that happens outside of academia. And um, for me, it was um, getting adjusted to walking around everywhere because I didn't have a car and yeah. uni was um, the the way that we got about. Um, and then it was also going grocery shopping for myself. It was um, trying to find friends outside of campus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, it was difficult, but um, I made it work. Um, of who when I did decide to go see a counselor at least um for like my mental health that's um that was one thing that like impacted me was just being away from my family um and creating an, a, a whole new identity for myself um you know in in this new environment so that I was able to thrive yeah I'm yeah, really I, glad to hear that yeah it's in, in my experience, I didn't really, I I found that I was more worried about uh, the academic stress than I think I maybe should have been, um, because I it was kind of hammered into me by a lot of people that like, oh, once you're you're because I went to a junior college and they're like, oh, once you get out of junior college or community college, then you're gonna go to real college and it's gonna be really hard. It's gonna be so much harder. So I was like so scared. And then I went to my classes and I was like, wait, I'm like, I'm ready. Like, I've done this for the past mm-hmm. three years mm-hmm. at my junior college. I, I like know what I'm doing. And I think that a lot of people kind of assume that like junior colleges or community colleges don't prep you enough for quote unquote real college. But uh, it is real college. <laughs> they're they're giving me the exact same credits. Absolutely. They're giving me the exact same edu- like the same education, and I'm saving money. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I was very much like kind of pleasantly surprised when I arrived on campus, and I was like, oh wait, I can actually manage these classes. I know what I'm doing. And then like the second I got comfortable, COVID said, "Haha, screw you. <laughs> Time to do everything online." <laughs> mm-hmm. That actually brings up something that we were actually planning to ask you all at the end, but I feel like it's a good follow-up to the story you were just telling is that 
Did you feel like you stood out as a transfer student once you got to San Francisco, or did it feel any different from other community members on campus? Was there any of that social stigma? Because I know in our experience, and we kind of talked about it in previous episodes, like people have so much to say about people who go to community college first, like we took the easy way out or that we're not ready for Berkeley. But did people say the same things about transfer students at your school and like what that was like? I know for me personally, a lot of the um, talk about how like community college isn't good enough or whatever didn't really come from the SF state uh, environment. It came more from actually like my community college environment, not not from like too many people uh, who were like also pursuing their degrees and stuff like that. But um, just like other people in my life who when they found out I was going to community college, were like, but you could do so much more, you know, and that kind of bullshit rhetoric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, honestly, mm-hmm. um, community college was absolutely the, the right choice for me personally. Uh, I would not have done well going immediately into a four year. Like, I know that. Um, yeah, but yeah. the actual like experience of being on campus as a transfer student I was really scared especially since I moved into like I said I transferred in the spring so I moved into a dorm with four people who had already been living together and already all knew each other and I just like took one of the beds and just like showed up in spring semester being like hello I'm your roommate now (laughs) and it was uh, a little spooky but um, no one on campus ever made me feel like lesser for being a transfer student which I really appreciate my, all my professors were were very kind and understanding when when and if I shared that I was like a transfer student. One of my other roommates was also a transfer student, so she and I got along real quick, and uh, it was it was very nice to not have that kind of overwhelming feeling of like oh I'm doing something wrong cause that I kind of got from some people in my life before. Hmm. Um. I didn't really feel as if I did anything significant to stand out my first semester. I was just kind of keeping it low, doing um, what I needed to, just taking like 15 units and um, going to class, you know. Um, But I also didn't come across any stigma or any like negative um, talk around transfer or being a transfer student. Ironically, I ended up meeting a lot of other transfer students that semester, um, which was really great because, like, we were all just, like, a big support for one another, and we all understood um, the experience of being a transfer student the experience of having the opportunity to transfer to a four-year and um, also the experience of being able to navigate that and um, being a support system for one another. Yeah, so it feels like when you guys are answering that too, and, you know, when we talk about that, we, we've mentioned um, between us three, like, you know, you deal with imposter syndrome and everything, and it sounds like you guys were able to deal with that, like, pretty healthy, is that the right word? Um, and that's really great. So you guys mentioned, like, oh, Tatiana, like, happened to have a roommate that was also a transfer, and Alexis had also met, like, a lot of transfers too. So I guess that could kind of go into our question of, like, you know, socially, culturally, academically, did you guys have any problems adjusting? Um, I know, like, Lex, you mentioned you moved from, like, SoCal up mm-hmm. here, and that could be, like, you know, that could be really jarring. Um, mm-hmm. We talked in a previous episode about, um, what's the word again? Weather, depression. Uh, oh, sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah sad. Seasonal effective. effective. Yeah. Yeah. So, how, how you know, how did you guys deal with all of those changes? I know that. Oop, sorry. <laughs> I know <laughs> no, that. No, you're good. Go for it. Yeah, I know that for for me personally, I kind of grew up in Sonoma County, so super close to the Bay Area. I've been to San Francisco a million times, and it was all all fun. And uh, so I was super excited to like move to San Francisco, but it was definitely jarring uh, to n- not live with my family because I'd lived with my family for my whole life until. Um, until I moved out here. So like, like Alexis mentioned earlier, like being like, oh God, I have to like buy groceries. I have to like be a human being on my own kind of <laughs> <laughs> very, a little spooky. And, and yeah, I know that, um, being away from my friends that I had made, uh, throughout like living in my hometown and everything. I knew a lot of people from high school and from the junior college and from 
other things that I was involved in programs and nonprofits that I would volunteer with. And so like I had a lot of friends and loved ones that I kind of was just like, well, bye, time to go to college and <laughs> do my own thing, which was exciting and scary at the same time. But all in all, like I know I made the right decision and now I'm back in Sonoma County. So <laughs> <laughs> my two month decision. Yeah, my, my, my wonderful, my wonderful oh. two months of SF State. <laughs> Alexis? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I do want to share. Do you mind repeating the question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it was just like, you know, how did you adjust to San Francisco, like academically, socially, culturally, or didn't, did you not, did you not meet many people in the first <laughs> semester? But I know you mentioned like you met a lot of transfers and everything. So, yeah, um, as I mentioned, I moved during the summer before um, attending SFSU. Um, I moved in off campus with a bunch of other students that attended San Francisco State. So, um, socially I was good because we we're all girls and, you know, girls are, when we get together, it's a fun time. <laughs> so, um, I was introduced to a bunch of people that way. Um, their friends became my friends and then eventually I was able to make my own friends. Um, so socially I did well. Academically, I did well. Um, up until admittedly when we went online, um, when COVID hit, just, ugh, don't even get me started on that. Anyway, um, academically, yeah, did okay. Socially did okay. Um, overall it was a good experience. Um, being able to be out on my own for the first time. Um, I am one of the oldest. I'm the second oldest of six girls so I'm heavily attached to my family wow. um being the identity of an older sister and breaking away from from that and creating like my own identity as a college student was real meaningful to me um it, it brought a sense of um clarity to to who I was cultivating myself to be and who I continue to cultivate myself to be um so yeah yeah, I, just, I, I th oh, go ahead. I just had a, a random side comment that this all sounds like a coming of age movie. It's like, <laughs> I oh my god, my but way. really though, <laughs> yes, really though, it's I had like, to leave my old life behind yeah. and go my own way. <laughs> I, I took the Greyhound eight hours, <laughs> <laughs> staring dramatically outside the window to my, my husband new life. Oh man, that just reminded me. I once took a mega bus from Berkeley to LA where I lived, and that bus broke down in the middle of the night. Oh. And so it was supposed to be like an eight hour drive or less, I think, but it ended up being a 13 hour drive. Oh my God. We were stuck in the side <laughs> of the middle of nowhere for a while. Um, but, but yeah, nightmare. I mean, so Lex, Lex talked about sort of, I guess, reinventing a part of you, right? Like cultivating your identity in a new path. I, I think, yeah, I think that was a, a big thing for me too. And like, this also sort of goes with the, you know, how did you get just apart for me? I'm not sure if I talked about it in the previous episode, but like in high school, I was, I didn't study that well. I didn't know how to, I had poor time management. And so that was sort of what I viewed myself as like, oh, I'm not that good enough at studying. But in community college and Berkeley, like I had a chance to like work on those parts to work on what I lacked and like actually develop the skills necessary to do well in school so yeah that that just reminded me of that so yeah for sure like that adjustment process I feel like it's tough but it's also like a way to try something new and to grow yourself in a new way I, I completely agree with what Lex said um but I, I so I guess that leads to the next question of so in that process of adjustment, when you were first starting out, your first friends like you made at the college, the circle of friends, let's, let's talk about them. Like, how did you come across them? I know Tatiana mentioned that, you know, her roommate was a transfer and that all seemed to help. Um, I also have a lot to say about this, but yeah, let's talk about sort of the initial network of friends that we made. Um, for me, like personally, if I go first, like I, most most orientation and that the floor that I lived in in my dorm that was how I started out and so I, I'm curious as to how you met your circle of friends in the beginning 
Yeah, mine were all kind of just my my very first people that I met were all my roommates. I had four roommates um, in our little dorm. And uh, yeah, through them, I kind of branched out and met a lot of people because there was uh, one of my roommates was a transfer student. And then uh, two of my other roommates had been there since like uh, freshman year. They were first time freshmen coming in when they were like 18 and they had been like besties for the longest time. And they had a whole big group of friends from being at the college for like two years. And so they would always invite their friends over and they were very, very kind and very, very welcoming to me. Um, Cause I was just like, when I first moved, I was like, I want to put myself out there and I want to make new friends. Cause I know it's really hard to like make friends when you're an adult. So I got to do it while I'm still in school, gotta like reach everyone and, and see. Uh, I was really just like throwing everything at the wall and seeing what stuck to just trying to like put myself out there. And so whenever they were like, hey, we're going out, we're doing this thing, do you wanna come? I was pretty much always like, yes, unless I had like homework or something to do that I couldn't put off or wait, uh, couldn't wait for another time. So I was just very much like throwing myself in <laughs> being like, yes, I'll come with you to do all these things that I would like absolutely never do. I went clubbing a few times with them and I was like, who am I going clubbing? <laughs> but I just I wanted to make friends and I did. They're very sweet people and their whole friend group was very, very kind and, and welcoming of me. And I also made friends uh, within my my classes when mm. My first semester when I was taking my my writing requirement, we have the GWAR require writing thing for every major. So I was like, get that out of the way. <laughs> get my uh my class. I was writing about art and I just like sat down outside the classroom waiting for the door to be open. I got there early because I was always getting to my class early, especially on like the first day. I was like, I gotta make sure leave the house like a half hour before I need to be like, I got to make sure I find it. Um, and I just like sat down and someone came up and just like sat down next to me and they were like, Hey, and I was like, Hey, and we just started talking. Turns out we were the same major and um, they ended up becoming one of my super close friends who I like still talk to a lot, even though neither of us are on campus anymore. Um, so yeah, just like making conversation with random people. It's always kind of, a good way like on the first day of class I was always like find a friend <laughs> make a friend t talk to someone and see if we have anything in common and then go on from there and it turned out that we did and it was very very nice to have someone especially like having someone in a class with you who like uh they were also a transfer student but they had transferred like the semester before me so they kind of knew the ropes and I was like hey teach me so <laughs> it was it was very helpful to to have them there with me Gotcha. This reminded me of Max's earlier comment in a different episode where he said at the beginning of class, he would sort of like hunt out who would be a good like group project partner or something like that. Right, Max? <laughs> like scoping the room. Yeah, dude. In every, even at like, I think I've done this since like high school. Like whatever class I go into, I like scout out who's smart, who's funny, who's none of the above. And I'm like, ah, it's time to be a snake. <laughs> and I was very fortunate that in my very first semester at Cal, I immediately spotted a dude and I was like, oh, this guy seems like really smart and really into the source material. And he happened to be same major. Um, he was like kind of a transfer student. He did one of those, uh, what are they called? Like dual enrollment where like you do high school and junior college at the same time. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that way, like when you go to a university, you only do two years. So he's like, he said like sometimes he was a Sometimes he was a sophomore, sometimes he was a junior, depending on what department he was talking to. It was weird. But yeah, dude. And just like in every class, I would like scout out, oh, we should get that person in our group. Oh, no. Like, I've noticed they don't do this reading. It was like very like, it was very snaky of me. But um, he, he's a super cool guy. And um, just like in my experience, like socially, uh, I would agree with Tatiana, like find that friend or at least find that friend in that class. You don't got to talk to them outside of class, but have someone that has your back where like, if you miss a day, it's not a big deal. They can give you the notes. Um, they could sign you in. Sign me in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The classic like, oh, I'm not here. Here's my eye clicker or whatever. Um, that's that's really important. Just academically, socially, it's good to have someone to, you know, gas the professor about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lex, what about you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, similar to Max and Tatiana, I am definitely that person with my little note card. I already have my number, already have my 
SFSU email written down. Um, <clears throat> I try to do that every class that I'm in. That way I know at least I have a person. Um, but in terms of friends, my first friends were my roommates and my housemates. Um, got to pay tribute to them, of course. Um, and then outside of that, I cultivated my own like friend group or like friend network within um the holistic health studies um there was an internship that i took part of in the spring and um i met some of my greatest friends there um taking those classes and also um I met one of my really good friends my first semester. I totally forgot her name. And then I took her, I, we ended up taking another class together and her name, her name's Tiana. <laughs> and we just became such great friends. And Gotcha. I guess that leads, uh, leads to my follow-up question. I actually like popped up in my head. Um, did you stay friends with them? Like, you know, close throughout, till now i guess you know for me like my initial circle of friends that i made all from my floor i was initially close with them but over the course of my time at berkeley not so much i started getting i started getting closer with other friends other circle of like other networks yeah and so with the initial friends that i made i sort of started falling out with them um and i think that was partially because we were just living together and we didn't have that many common interests, honestly, which, you know, and those interests I would find with other people. Um, but yeah, so I was wondering, you know, that initial circle, did it stay pretty much similar throughout your entire time? Or like, has that changed? You know, they were really close to you in the beginning, but then not so much anymore. And so you had to, you got close with a different circle. Um, For me, my roommates, um, I ended up having a falling out with my roommate that I lived with. Um, but the rest of the housemates were all still really good friends. Um, oh, we're all still in contact. We're really close. Um, those are like legit my sisters. Um, as for my friends uh, with the holistic health, I still do keep in contact with them. Um, not as much, not as frequently because of COVID, but... Um, we have each other on IG, you know, <laughs> superficial <laughs> friendship. But um, every so often, I'll shoot a long text message or offer like a FaceTime call. I'm I'm a very low maintenance friend. I'm the type of friend where it's like you can you can hit me up every so often and we'll still be good. I mm. uh, yeah, I think that for me personally, I know that I. Uh, made a whole bunch of friends and then immediately was like cut off from them once COVID hit because I actually ended up staying on campus until like my original move out day. So I was just like in the apartment by myself mm. for a long time. But um, <laughs> yeah, I still keep in contact with some of them, not as much as maybe I should or maybe I would like to, but um, yeah, we still text. I like, like same with uh, Alexis, like a lot of us, or we follow each other on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever. And we still talk, uh, like very casually, but I mean, we're still, I'm still super happy to, to hear from them. I know like earlier this week, one of my, uh, friends was FaceTiming someone and then they wanted to add me to the FaceTime, but it was like 3am on a Monday. And I was like, I'm not going to answer at three i have work <laughs> and class tomorrow <laughs> so it, it's been uh, a little weird with like schedules and stuff but we definitely do still keep in contact and i do want hopefully at some point whenever we can return to campus i want to reconnect with them and see how how they're all doing and, and check in with them because they were very very like i said earlier like super kind to me super welcoming to me and and i'm like always going to be grateful to them for that yeah, I feel like it really depends on the person, on, you know, who that friend is too, because like, you'll have that person you meet in class that like, you know, once that semester's over, like, you're probably not going to keep in contact with them. Um, and then there's other people like I met this girl like my first semester, and we hung out in like my very last semester after not talking that entire time. And we just like caught up. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, it really just depends on the person. Yeah, even for me, when I think about some of the friends that I made when I was at Cal, 
I I think honestly all of us still talk um but it's definitely more um like Lex was saying a more superficial friendship like following each other on Instagram keeping up with each other on social media but not having a super like deep friendship anymore um one of my closest friends that I met at Cal and I ended up taking all of my classes with her pretty much she just sat next to me one day in my first semester in one of our classes and she was like can I just sit here I'm running late and I said sure and we started talking about the weather and we were just like goofing off and like chilling in the classroom and she looks at me she goes you're really funny I like you and I was like I like you too and we're like we're kind of similar <laughs> we're like yeah we are and we're like we're the same person and we're like mm-hmm. and then like from there we were friends <laughs> And to this day, I still talk to her, but just not in the same way. It was when we had class together every week, we would – I was a commuter, so I would drive to campus, and I would park outside her apartment and then show up at her apartment at 9 in the morning, and then we'd, like, eat breakfast or grab a snack, study for the test, and then walk to campus together, and just little things like that. But with COVID uh, happening during our last semester and us not even having a class together during our last semester, um, we did not get into the same one that we applied for together, but – we kind of fell out, but we still talk. We keep up. Um, and as for other friends that I made, maybe at the Chancellor Student Center or just in other community groups and things on campus, it's kind of about the same. But I would say that for the friends that I made in my internship experience and working at the Chancellor Center, like Chan Young and Max and all of our other friends from that group, I definitely keep up with them the most. Um, and I think it also just could be a post-grad thing because all of us have graduated at this point. There's like we're moving on, doing our own lives and COVID happening at the same time that most of our friendships have kind of moved into a different phase, but not ended. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to say all of these conversations kind of have that like Corona filter on mm -hmm. it. Where like, you know, without Corona, things would probably look a lot different. And yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, in terms of these questions, I feel like we touched on them, right, Max? And, you know, um, I feel like we more or less touched on all of them. So I guess, like, one thing that we should try to have as we do per episode is sort of takeaways and tips, right? And so I guess, you know, this episode is about community. So what tips or sort of insight would you share about that process? Like, for me, in terms of finding community... It's something Tatiana mentioned earlier. It's to say yes. Like, honestly, I didn't say yes enough in the beginning. People were like, hey, like, let's go do this. Let's go hang out. Let's go to this music event. I'd be like, no, I, <laughs> yeah, I was either uncomfortable or I had to study. And so I ended up declining a lot of events and opportunities that probably would have led to better relationships and a more stable, more firm community. So like for me, big takeaway is like, just say yes. Like, <laughs> go with it um, and have fun. Like, I was curious about what, you all would have to say about that. Can I hop on that one too? That's the same for me. And I think that's a universal for commuter students. It's like, mm, do I really want to drive my ass all the way to Berkeley right now? Mm, <laughs> no. So I'm not going to go or like saying no to plans that I didn't really have any real reason to say no other than just simply saying no. And if that was maybe I should study more, maybe I just don't feel like driving there today or going through that whole process. But same thing, even for commuter students or people who um, have a little bit more of a trek to get to their college, if you're invited to something and as long as you don't, you're not putting other priorities and obligations to the side, I think you should take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. Um, for building community, I want to say something that I think most transfer students can relate to would be um, obviously try to try to I would say go to events for your major um, or your minors my minors had a lot of events they still do have a lot of events um, I would say that's how I found my community um, I found my community through um, through saying yes by putting myself out there by um, going to these events that um, different departments that um, I was a part of that were um, that they were holding so I would say yes to um, a presentation with free food back when <laughs> we were on campus now it's saying yes to going on to that zoom meeting <laughs> that might be a little awkward but oh, definitely bro. might be worth it um, so yeah I would I would agree with um, Tatiana um, saying yes um, put yourself out there yeah and just one yeah, thing I before think that oh, obviously ahead. Sorry, <laughs> I, I 
Yeah, I, I do think that um, it's important, like, I mean, like we were all saying, like, say yes to opportunities and, and say yes to to things that uh, even if you're not fully interested in, you might you might like it just like kind of step outside your comfort zone a little bit, because I know that that was something that I was very much within my comfort zone at community college. And then when I went to uh, SF State, I was like, screw that. We're going big now. <laughs> we're we're doing everything. Um, so yeah, just like stepping out of the kind of comfort comfort zone and like comfortable space, and also like just talk to people. Just start talking to people because you're not gonna make friends if you don't. You're not gonna network if you don't. Like just talk to anyone who will listen to you. Basically, like <laughs> just strike up conversations in classes or or stuff like that. And obviously. It's harder now that COVID and we're all on Zoom, but but I do think that it's still like an important thing to just be like putting yourself out there. My piece of advice for trying to find your community is don't limit yourself to one community. I think like once I found friends at the Transfer Student Center, I kind of stopped looking for different communities to join. And I think like it's good to have, you know, not only for like superficial networking purposes, but like also just like, you know, having different friends in different areas so you don't feel congested maybe by the same people. But of course, like that changes with COVID. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. And like one thing I also want to add is like, you know, if past me was listening to this podcast right now, me f- prior to Berkeley, I'd be thinking, oh, that's not a problem. Like I'm in community college right now. Berkeley's ahead of me like I'll be so excited I'll be going out and meeting all people like I won't be shy of that like I'll I'll, I'll be happy to do that but like honestly when after I actually transferred to Berkeley I was like oh this takes a lot more effort and like I was a little anxious about like going out and saying yes to people more than I thought I would be when I was in community college I was like oh I miss social stuff in Berkeley I'm gonna be a social butterfly like I'll I'll be happy I'll be saying yes to everything but when time actually came I didn't and I sort of regret that so yeah, just one word of caution is like it it might sometimes it might be a little bit harder than you think in terms of like being able to say yes and like whatnot but but yeah i feel like it's worth it so so thank you so much to our two guests lex and tatiana for joining us on tonight's episode of the transfer experience podcast where hopefully all of our listeners got a chance to get to know some of the resources and experiences of what it's like to be at san francisco state i know you all hear about us talk about our experiences all the time and we really wanted to emphasize and amplify the voices of students with different experiences than us so thank you all so much for joining us thank you thank you for having us yeah anytime and With all that being said, we're going to wrap this episode up. As per usual, please feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Max, how many stars? Four stars. Don't say that. Five stars. (laughs) (laughs) Five stars only. Um, And if you want to send us a DM or follow us on Instagram, we are at the Transfer Experience. And you can send us an email if you have any questions or you'd like to feature a topic on our podcast. You can email us, thetransferexperience at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. Yeah, we're hoping that this helped our listeners with understanding community as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.